0: Welcome to the day before leadership podcast. I pray it encourages you to move from surviving to thriving in your leadership. If you enjoy it, make sure you subscribe and share it. Here's today's interview. Jim, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you?
1: I am great and it is an honor to be with you. I'm looking forward to our time together
0: we want to honor every second that we get with you. You're one of the most influential people in our world today. Uh, you met your wife, Crystal, in college at the university. She was assigned to read to you, I later became your wife, and you've got her now 39 years. Your parents, George and Florence Stovall, were married for over 68 years. I wanted to ask you, what are the keys down to healthy?
1: Well, you know, I think that, um... One of the biggest keys is, uh, is having discernment and uh, you know, seeking the will of God in that decision. Uh, uh, we're here in my home today, down the hall, I have an office here in my home, as well as my office at the Television Network. But um, one of the things on the wall here in my office is this uh, four foot poster that is a long, thin poster that my staff gave me. And it says at the top success is, and then for four feet, it lists all the things involved in success. But number one is marry the right person. And then I think, um, you know, people, you know, a relationship, everybody goes into and they look, what am I going to get out of this? How can I make sure this person makes me happy? And if you will do it reverse, as in most Uh, biblical truths in life is full of paradoxes. If you will go into every part of your marriage in your life saying, what can I do for the other person? And how can I make this great for them? You'll get everything out of life you want. My late great friend and colleague, Zig Ziglar, always used to say, you can have everything out of life you want if you'll just help other people get what they want. So I think those are a couple of the big keys.
0: Wow, that's so good. Now, after you've received a diagnosis and you realize that that day you became fully blind, you say that you locked yourself in a nine by twelve room with every intention just to stay in there the rest of your life. You said you not only you lost more than your sight, you lost your vision. Two questions: what's the difference between sight and vision well, well, great questions, thank you and.
1: The difference between sight and vision is, you know, sight tells you where you are and what's around you. It's a very useful tool. It's a gift. It makes life easy and convenient. So, sight tells you where you are, vision tells you where you could be and what the possibilities are. And, uh, you know, um, human truths come in sight, biblical truths come in vision, you know, and as the scripture said, my people perish for lack of vision. you know, I I had sight for the first part of my life, and I've lived the the rest of my life as a blind person, but uh, I had vision for the second part of my life. They're both very, very valuable things, but if I had to choose one or the other, vision is a much more valuable commodity. You can find ways to get around not being able to see, Uh, when I lost my sight, the two biggest things I was worried about when I was in a little 9 by 12 foot room is I couldn't read and I couldn't drive. Well, thanks to high speed audio books, I read a book every day. There hasn't been a day in the last 30 years. I haven't read a whole entire book cover to cover. And, uh, you know, as far as driving or traveling, I have over 2 million miles with the airlines. And, uh, you know, for many years, I had a limousine, a driver, and I You know, so I go anywhere I want to go and I read more than anybody I know. So, you know, you you need to be married to your mission and not the method. You know, you know, you need to be convicted on how, you know, where I'm going, but not so compelled on how am I going to get there.
0: Wow, that's so good. Thank you so much. I wonder, uh, there was a, a time where you went to the fair and you were in an arena and you were just praying and asking the Lord, you know, just, you got this news and you asked God, you know, show me, show me that how a blind person can still be used for your glory and still do have meaning in their life. Talk about your relationship with him and how it's evolved over the years and tell viewers that story about even up to his last show.
1: Well, great, great question. I, um, you know, after I got out of my little room and, you know, I only had one ambition in my life as a young man. It was to be an NFL football player. And I had the size and the speed to do that. And the coaches and scouts assured me that that would be a part of my future. So I never really studied. I didn't do anything. And then when I got this diagnosis, I realized, okay, I'm not going to be able to do that. There's no blind guys in the NFL. I don't know what I'm going to do. And I remember um, one day I got up, I could still see well enough to get around on my own. And uh, Every fall, the state fair comes to my town here in Oklahoma. And I thought, well, since I can still see, I'm going to go out to the fair and just enjoy that. Well, I got up that morning ready to go to the fair, and I remember praying to God. I said, God, if you're real, because I'd grown up in a religious home. I'd always been religious, and we'd gone to church. But uh, sooner or later, you, you hit a crisis in your life, and you move from religion to relationship. And, uh, or you don't survive. Well, that was the morning for me. I went from religion to relationship. I said, God, if you are real, you need to show me today that you're for real. And you need to show me that there's a place for me and that a blind guy can do something. And if you can imagine the audacity of a young man putting God on a time clock. But that's what I did. I said, you got till the end of the day. Well, I went to the fair. And one of the things they had at the fair was an exhibition from the Olympic team. And I went over to watch them and, you know, they had the gymnast and things. And then they brought out the weightlifters and I watched those guys. <laughs> and I thought, you know, that's something a guy could do even if he was going blind. And it uh, and, uh, turned out that was my next move. I didn't know it at the time, but I became the national champion and ended my career as an Olympic weightlifter on the team. So that was a big blessing. But I left that and I went down the uh, midway there at the fair to the arena and it said free concert. And I had no idea who was playing or when it started, but you know, free really fit my budget at the time. So I walked in, I walked all the way down to the front row. Nobody was sitting there, nobody was there yet. So, uh, you know, I sat down and I thought a little about my football career. And I I thought about those weightlifters, and I prayed a little, I cried a little. And then the, the arena filled up around me. I wasn't really aware of it until a voice, I'll never forget said, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the state fair, the one, the only, the legend, Ray Charles. And they brought Ray out, and he was about 10 feet away from me. And he was magic. He was electric. And uh, I said, okay, I get it, God. I a blind guy can do stuff. You know, I better go find something else. Ray's kind of got this music thing covered. And uh, so I started my business career, and it went well. Ten years later, I was speaking to 18,000 business people in Madison Square Garden in New York. And the promoter said, man, that was great speech. I have another group coming in in a few days. I'd like to hold you over. And uh, I said, that'll be fine. And, uh, and he said, well, uh, do you want to go back home or do you want to stay in New York? And I said, well, I, I have some TV business to do, so I'll stay in New York. And he said, well, I have another act in town tonight. And I was trying to think of a polite way to tell this man I'm not comfortable getting out in public as a blind person. And I, I don't want to go see whoever you got in town. But just be polite, I said, who do you have? And he said, you know, Ray Charles opening up at Carnegie Hall. And that was a huge thing. I said, yeah, and I sat on the front row again, and here we are 10 years later. And I went backstage, I met Ray, and that was the beginning of uh, a great friendship that lasted until he passed away. And, and, you know, it's amazing. These things we go through in our life that look like and feel like utter chaos in the moment, you know, you, you get to a plateau and and a point of success and you look back and you realize, wow, there's a divine order to this. And as difficult as that was, there's no other way it would have worked. And you see the divinity amidst the chaos. So that's, that's kind of how that happened for me. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't have believed it if I hadn't been there.
0: Wow. Well, let's change gears here, thinking about the chaos and, all that's going on about our in our world today, COVID nineteen, many people feel like they've hit rock bottom. Many people feel like this is their end. Many churches are closing down, and people are going through, you know, a lot in this moment. What would you speak to them in this moment of it? How would you encourage them and 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 give give us hope, people who are watching and listening?
1: Well, you know, I I, I first want to say God is still on His throne. His promises are true, and this didn't catch him by surprise and there is provision here you know we have to be open to the method uh uh, that we're going to do it but we're 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 not flexible on the mission the church the ministries uh, the believers we should not be flexible on our mission where we're going but we are flexible on the method um you know as an arena speaker i in the last few years spoken to a million people a year going around to these arena events. Well, that isn't happening now, but because of the technology, like you and I are talking on right now, um, you still get out, you reach the people, you meet the people, and it works. Um, You know, uh, the church is is, is much more flexible, much more uh, durable than we can ever imagine. You know, people now, they think, oh, the church is going to be destroyed. No, the church from the first century until today has endured so much persecution, so much stuff. I mean, let's face it, the early church is not unlike what we do today. People had to hide and meet in their own homes. that That's what churches are doing today. But, we, you know, they have the Zoom technology and the other things people use. So, you know, this is a pretty amazing time. And the church is also going to find that a lot of people who weren't really open to a spiritual message six months ago now they're looking for something so um, it's a great time for the church and the individual people in the church as usual it ain't about you so instead of you know dwelling on yourself and how bad the situation is look outside and say what can i do right now to make a difference and what can i do to be the arm the hands the feet of god in these people's lives who need that right here and now and uh, And I think you'll see many, many blessings in the coming days.
0: Amen. That's so good. Thank you for your wisdom. But we're wrapping up our time together, real fast. Who are three of your spiritual giants, spiritual mentors, and what are three one-liners or three things that they taught you, uh, told you that you've always kept with you? Maybe just a one-sentence quote. Well,
1: when I think of spiritual giants, I, I first think of my mother, who. uh, We lost her a few months ago. She was 88, and uh, you know, an amazing life. And uh, you know, she lost her first two children—one to leukemia, one to cystic fibrosis. Then I was her third, and I was blind. And uh, never a more faith-filled, positive person. And uh, prayed for me every day. And um, you know, and, and and you know, her her wisdom to me was always, you know. There's a provision. There's a way. There, and, and when you believe that, you, 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 you uh, attack the day differently. You look at things differently. You asked me earlier about my marriage. From the time I was a little kid, three or four years old, my mom would uh, sit with me every night. And we would have my prayers. And one of the things we would pray for was my wife. And I'm three or four years old. But the thing that that planted in my mind is somewhere out there, there's this person and God is guiding them just as He's guiding me. So, uh, first and foremost, her—you uh, know—my mentor Lee Braxton, who taught me most of what I learned about business. My and my success is based on that. And you know, and you know, I, I think for him it was—you uh, know—our our mission, our ministry may be business, but all we're doing is meeting people at the point of their need, just like God does. And If you find people and help them fulfill their needs, uh, you know, it's a powerful thing. Whether you're bringing them a great message, you know, and and even Christ, I mean, he he did loaves and fishes before he preached and prayed. And what people need today is, you know, jobs and resources and guidance. And that's what uh, those of us in business provide. So he was a very, very powerful person in that way to me. And then uh, Oral Roberts, I went to Oral Roberts University. That's where I met my wife. He was the president then, and he always had a statement. It's on the basketball floor. Everything he said is expect a miracle. Just expect a miracle, and uh, and but don't define what it's going to be. Don't limit God. God is not cosmic room service. You know, just expect a miracle and go about your day and do all you can do. And at the end of your best efforts. You'll find him waiting for you with this promise of success and happiness and uh, provision and everything you ever wanted.
0: Thank you so much. Um, I'm so thankful for the life of uh, your mother, Florence, and I'm so sorry about your loss. I'm thank, thankful for him and mom, pray for us as well. Um, in closing, I would ask you just to speak a word to the current situation in America and the situation in America with injustice and racism that's happened, gone on. You have so much wisdom. And what do you to to start watching and to listen to racism and the break the unity and healing in our nation?
1: Well, I, you know, I, I think, you know, when I look at the situation in America today, um, we face a lot of crises. and. Uh, i I am remember i'm put in mind of those words of Franklin Roosevelt during the depth of depression. we have nothing to fear except fear itself, and those of us who are believers uh we understand there's an enemy, but he can do nothing except lie to us and make us believe that lie and create fear and anytime you can uh, uh replace faith uh in in place of that fear he goes away but uh you know there are too many people out there you know they're spending too much time with the media and i'm not going to blame the media here because uh i've never seen a television or a computer that didn't have an off switch and you know that they may put out that poison but they don't make you sit there and take it in and i'm not saying we shouldn't be informed but uh You know, you've got to realize when you watch the media, you're not looking at what happened today. You're looking at the crisis and the chaos and all the things they put out there. And they take the fine print and they turn it into the headline. And that's their job. It's their job to get you and me to pay attention to them. But it's our job to keep our eye on the prize and keep the faith in place and those sorts of things. Because, you know, when you flip on the the news, they want you to think, these riots and racism and the covid virus and death and destruction that's everything that's going on in america and everything that's going on in the world no that is a mere fraction of what's going on in the world you know if i was to really tell you the news of the day what really happened today i'll tell you what happened today great people got up all across this country they loved their their spouse and their kids they prayed uh, they broke bread together they went off to do their work they gave great value for what their employer does. They provided service services that people need. They cared about their neighbors, their friends. They came home, they took care of their family. They prayed, they went to bed and they got up and get, did it again the next day. And they did it with love and pride and grace and dignity and honor. And that's what went on in, in, in the world today, but that won't sell newspapers or advertising during a, 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 a newscast. But, uh, uh, you, you know the the the, the dissension among racists. You know, and, and and I have had you know I had the privilege of meeting John Lewis, the, the civil rights leader that just passed away, and you know a giant human being. And and um, you know during his lifetime, you know people say, well, we've not made any progress in racism. And it's horrible. No, during during uh, Congressman Lewis's lifetime, we went from him getting attacked, uh, sick the dogs on him, hitting with clubs, lynching people for simply trying to cross a bridge. We went from there to electing an African-American as a two-term president by the majority of white people, voted for him. And uh, you know, we're not where we want to be, but boy, we are close. I mean, we, we are a lot closer than we used to be. And we are making progress. And uh, you know, and, and you take a few dissenters out of the 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 equation and we're in great shape and and please when you look at the virus and and you look at this thing um you know it it is it is devastating on some fronts but when you look at other pandemics we've dealt with it's nothing and you look at the amazing enlightened gifted people that god has put here to to get uh, treatments and vaccines and these things and they have done a decade's work in 90 days and uh I tell you, by, by the end of this year, by Christmas time, we will have many things to celebrate. And by this time next year, we will be emerging. And I tell you, those people who prepare themselves today can emerge better and stronger than ever before. If God put a, a, a calling inside of your life, if he put something in there for you, you're supposed to do something today. The people who are waiting for the pandemic to be over, to follow the calling on their life are making a huge mistake. This is the time to study and prepare and reach out and make those contacts and plan and do all the things so that as things open up, you're in the right place at the right time to to, to be at that point uh, to to meet the needs of other people and be the hands and feet uh, of of our Lord and Savior. That's where we are today. And uh, you know, the people I see who, are busy going about the work they've been called to do, are busier than they've ever been, like you and me right now. I mean, you know, there would be a great excuse not to continue to do what you do, but here we are doing it. And, uh, you know, candidly, there's, I've done a whole lot more podcasts recently and things, and so there are many more opportunities simply because of the virus. You know, I have a new book out, movies coming out, all the things happening, and, You simply cannot give up on the calling God has on your life. I I never in the scriptures, it's impossible to find a place where God called somebody to do something and didn't give them the provision to do it. The problem is we don't get the provision till we step out in faith. You can't wait for all the lights to be green in order to leave the house. You step out in faith and then the provision comes as you need it give us this day our daily bread. If he'd have given them all the bread in the beginning, it would have all spoiled and gone rotten and they would have starved to death. They had to have the faith that the daily bread was coming. And that's where we are right now in this provision. So my prayer would be for everybody listening to us more than ever. Uh, love your spouse, love your kids, stay plugged in. The scriptures are more true than they've ever been true. Stay in the word and, and, realize that the calling on your life didn't go away the people that you're here to minister to they need you now more than ever and uh, you know so it's the time for us to do the best that we can in everything he's given us to do and then be there in great expectation and expect him to do the rest and that would be my prayer for everybody today
0: thank you so much Jim thank you so much for your wisdom thank you so much for your heart Thank you just so much for spending a few minutes with us. It
1: is an honor to be with you. And uh, I'll tell you, I look forward to our next time together. I hope you and I will have a chance to do this again.
0: Amen. Thank you so much.